cliffcentral.com. I'm sure you can't hear it in the background there a little bit, but this is one of my favorite songs. But it says, breathe, breathe, breathe. I think um, with the news just in, it's 10 past 10 on Wednesday. One day, well, it's still midnight, so just after in the States. But And the news has now been confirmed that Donald Trump is the new president of America. So we all need to breathe. I'm permission. I'm and you are tuned in to Womanla. And it's just made me actually just the news. I've been up for a very long time. I usually get up like at about four, whatever. So by this time of the day, I feel like I've been halfway through the day. But I'm actually now even more exhausted than I was when I woke up. Which you think at this time of the year, it's the norm, right? You're tired, you're exhausted, you're like, it's the last stretch, you're clawing your way to the end of the year. And almost everybody unanimously, every time you meet someone, how are you doing? Oh, I'm so tired. You see, I, I also have a very bad habit um, of energy drinks because I need the energy because I... As everybody knows by now, <laughs> I live with a nine-year-old boy, which means I need lots and lots of energy. <laughs> and then I got an interesting email, which made me sit up and and really read deeper. Following on from a conversation with a really dear friend of mine, Kahiso Simang, a couple of, about a month and a half ago now, about extreme fatigue disorder. I was just like, when she was telling me, I was like, Kahiso, just get a rest. And then I get this email and I'm deep into reading up about this thing. And I'm like, okay, so this is a thing and it's real. So I thought, let me get the ladies in. Thank you very much for coming in. And I had a long time practicing this. Rieta. And then I forgot to practice your surname. <laughs> it's the thief. See, I would have said this. <laughs> it's fine. Anything goes. It's fine. Rieta, thank you so much for coming in. Thank and you chatting you. with us. And you've brought your wonderful daughter, Claire, with you. Um, Claire, I must tell you that when she said, oh, and I thought, oh, how are you going to drive to the studio? And she said, oh, my daughter drives me around. And I thought, what a wonderful daughter. I must remember not to tell my mother to listen to this particular show. <laughs> <laughs> so, welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you. Rieta, so extreme fatigue disorder, but it does also have a medical name, which I wasn't going to practice saying. Yes, it's called myalgic encephalitis, which means inflammation of the brain and the spinal cord. Then it's also called chronic fatigue syndrome, Mm. which is actually an injustice to the illness. Mm. And they're trying very hard worldwide to change the name as it sounds like you're just fatigued. But that is only one of many, many, many symptoms. And that is why when you say to somebody, I've got chronic fatigue syndrome, they say, I'm also tired. Mm. You know, that is exactly why you reacted the way you did. Mm. Because they focus on the word fatigue. Well, because it's the word that we understand. Yes. And we all feel tired. Yes. I think as women in particular, you feel ti- you've got so many things that you're doing. You're running around, you're cooking, you're looking after children, you're doing homework, you're doing your work. Yes. You're do- There's a lot that's yes. happening and the world is so busy now yes. that there is a lot. And so we all feel tired. And yes. that's why we latch onto that word and feel like, yeah, we're all tired. Yes. But what is it 
So what is it exactly? What is it? Why is it not just an extreme fatigue? And why is it that I don't just have to take a week out and nap? Why, why is this more than just that? Taking out a week resting will not help. That is the, one of the tests. There's a questionnaire with about 60 questions that you need to meet in order to be diagnosed with the illness because there are m- many other systems in your body. Claire is, is, is more medically inclined, if you would like to more <laughs> comment on that. So just basically with myalgic encephalomyelitis or ME, um, it's every single system in your body that's affected because it comes down to your mitochondria, which are your energy production units in your cells that don't really produce energy the way they should. Why that is happening, they're not yet sure whether it's a genetic thing or a post-viral thing or post-toxin exposure or whatever the case may be. But your body does not make energy. And if your body doesn't make energy, it causes you to not be able – your immune system doesn't function. So you get sick a lot or any, any, any kind of um, bacteria. Bacteria or virus can take hold where a normal healthy person will just get over it. Your brain is affected. Your digestive system is affected. Your musculoskeletal system, so your your muscles and your bones are affected. Um, so it, it really is all-encompassing. And what my what Retta was saying in terms of, um, you know, taking some time out and feeling better, that is a very big part of the criteria is if you have ME or CFS, if you take six months off and you just go lie in bed, you know, you might start feeling a bit better. There are people who recover, but that's the absolute, absolute minority. The majority of people who have full-blown ME or uh, quite severe ME, you can take a year off and you're still not going to get better because that is not fixing the the physiological thing that happened in your body. And they're still trying to figure out exactly what is it that that causes it. But there's a lot of research going on in America. Um, the, the, the gentleman who or the professor that was involved in the Human Genome Project, his son has it. And he vowed to crack this illness. And we're hoping with all of our hearts that... They'll be able to figure out what it is, what causes it, how do we fix it, and what can we do in the interim. So, yeah. So, Rieta, you're so invested in this. You've started an NPO. You've started a Facebook group. You've started, you're, you're on Twitter, you're very vocal about it because you have first-hand experience that's it of the of the illness yes how did you find out how, so how long have you suffered from this illness it's now 14 years firstly the first symptom that i noticed was that i started being very sensitive to multiple or to chemicals any fragrance perfumes paint anything cigarette smoke so you're smoking <laughs> everyone uh, should be like sensitive yeah. to i could smoke. smell smoke and then everybody would turn around and say, there's nobody smoking. And then 100 meters further down, there was somebody smoking. I always joke I can work for the FBI with my sensitivity. Yeah, she could smell you out before you even entered the house. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so that was my first noticeable symptom. And what I described to the doctors was it was as if currencies were running in my body. It took me a long time to realize that was my nervous system because that's also what Amy does. It over, you get an overactive nervous system. So that was the first thing. So you go to the doctor. It was in 2002. And I gave him some information. We lived in Langerbahn. 
gave him information on because I googled multiple chemical sensitivities. But you know, doctors are busy; they don't have time to read all this stuff. I went to see a professor at Rutteskir, um, and he said there was nothing they could do. Obviously, there's something going on; they're not quite sure. Then I started losing stamina and becoming more and more tired. I used to be very high, energetic, wake up early, study all those things. It just I couldn't. And then I started getting viruses, that pneumonia, asthma, anything. And you know, you went to, you go to the doctor, they give you cortisone, antibiotics, uh, but it doesn't help because it's, it's not, it's a virus. The one I got was, was a virus. So we stayed in Langebon till beginning 2003 without any diagnosis. Came back to Johannesburg. I could still work. I found a job. And through work, I found somebody that referred me to a wonderful doctor. She worked with ME patients for a long time. She's semi-retired now. And she said, you fit the profile 100%. She treated me. I didn't improve, but for some time, I didn't really relapse. But then you know what happens is you run out of money for treatments because it is very expensive. And also in between, because you're not recovering, you hear about other people making promises, doctors, and you you jump on the wagon and you pay thousands of rands and you've got so much hope just to lose it again because they promise you we'll fix this, we'll fix this. Three months, you're going to be a better person and everybody's got a different treatment protocol. And then I had to stop working. It was just I couldn't cope anymore. My husband and I were together in a business then. And since 2009, I haven't been able to work outside the house. Um, I need to rest. And when I mean rest, it's (laughs) resting neurologically. (laughs) That's what happens when I get tired. My brain doesn't want to work, so excuse me. Um, I lie down. I fall asleep three, four times a day. So that in itself means I can't work outside the house. I'm so grateful for the internet. And then about four years ago, I started a Facebook group, a support group. We're now almost eight, yeah, we're now 84 members across South Africa, all with the same story. Had to stop working. Most like us had to sell your house. You really financially, you're struggling because there's no income. You can't afford any treatment anymore, so you just go backwards. And I realized there was such a need for somebody to speak out. And like I've said, thank you for the Internet. I'm able to do that. And we co-founded the foundation end of last year, started being active in February. And really, we've made such progress. We've reached so many people. We've reached a family in KZN living in a caravan. She's a qualified teacher. There's no money at the moment. There's a woman who had to stop being a website developer. She's moved in with her mom. Um, so it's very difficult, you know. And then the whole thing of this NPO, it's very wide. Firstly, we want to raise awareness, which is what we're doing at the moment. We've made wonderful progress the past few months. Then also we need to be advocates because Amy is still much being stigmatized. You know, we all get tired. So when when you are going from doctor to doctor yes. and finding that you can't be helped because you're you're looking at symptoms, you're you're not you, at the time. I I would assume that you were also struggling with finding out the real diagnosis for yes. what you really yes. had. Yes, yes, 
What, what was that like for you emotionally? It was very difficult because then you read something, they say it's, it's uh, psychological. And I've always said, you can, you can call me a hypochondriac. I don't care. Just tell me what to do so that this can go away. And I've seen psychiatrists. The one psychiatrist told me I had generalized anxiety disorder and I shouldn't go for medical tests because it wouldn't show anything. I went for medical tests at the doctor that we're working with at the moment in Cape Town and it actually showed quite a lot of deficiencies in my body. Um, she completely dismissed ME. Um, another doctor said I had depression. This doctor says it doesn't exist. You know, so you, you, you're completely lost. You don't know what's going on. You're lonely. You think, am I lazy? Um, am I depressed? Why aren't the antidepressants working? So you're completely lost and lonely, very, very lonely. You live an isolated life. And all this time you, you're raising your daughter. Two daughters. You, <laughs> <laughs> yes, two. For you, Claire, watching 14 years is a long time. Mm. So you have grown up watching your mom suffering from this unknown yeah. thing. See, now, the way I always describe it to people is... I knew my mother because she was a single mother for a while um, as this extremely hardworking, well, she not was, she still is, incredibly hardworking, dedicated, driven, energetic businesswoman, you know, this absolute hero that, you know, that, that I could look up to. And um, then when she started getting ill, and, and this is horrible to say, but even as her daughter, you know, sometimes I was thinking, oh, man, it can't be that bad. Like, yeah, okay, someone's wearing perfume, so what, you know? Um, but the thing is, once you you start really paying attention, I started realizing that my mom's not crazy. <laughs> and what's interesting is her symptoms that she was describing, that doctors were saying, listen, you're just a little bit not lacquer, um, or, or it's something psychological. The symptoms that she was describing were the same symptoms that someone in America was describing to their doctor and getting the same response from them. And it was the same as someone in Australia and was the same as the person in Cape Town. And the, you know, all these people all across the world, they've never spoken to one another, but they have the same symptoms. So that it can't be psychological. It can't be something you're making up. And, um, it's taught me a lot of, tolerance and because I know my mother I know that she I mean there are times that our family have gone through really really tough times financially emotionally but I can see in her eyes that she is dead tired and that's not even the best way of describing it but she I think physically her body just can't anymore but because she's such a strong person, you know, emotionally, she always pushes through. And that is what it's amazing to me. But the problem is that's also detrimental to a lot of people with ME is, you know, they, they, they don't want to admit that they're ill because they believe the doctors or they believe other people that are saying, oh, just get over it or go take a week off or just get, you know, and they start doubting their own sanity and their own health. And they're thinking, oh, I'll just keep on going and you're doing so much more damage to your body because it's not mental it is physiological like and so for me I've I get very angry when I hear of people saying oh it's this or it's that and don't worry and it's psychosomatic and because I know my mother if it was in any way psychosomatic she wouldn't have done one percent of the things that she still manages to do mm -hmm. um 
so yeah, it's it's difficult, but it's also taught me being the daughter of someone with ME. It's taught me a lot of tolerance and insight, and it's also interesting the people that we've spoken to about ME, um, you know, radio presenters or TV people or reporters, they all start getting interested once they know someone who has it. Because if you hear of it before you actually know someone who has it, you also think, oh, it's just this or it's just that or. But the moment you know someone that has changed because of a chronic fatigue kind of syndrome, um, you really realize this is not, this is not as easily dismissible as we'd like to think. And then you find a doctor who says, hang on, I know what this is. Yes. And you, you mentioned that there's a questionnaire. Yes. Do you, do you have some of the questions? Because. Yes. I know, I know you've got it on your, on your Facebook and yes. your Facebook site, we'll give all the details again, yes. but your yes. Facebook for anybody that's listening that's interested in going onto Facebook is? The MECFS Foundation with South the, Africa. With the forward slash between ME and CFS. No, no, just ME space CFS. Why the CFS? I, I forgot to ask you. ME, we had to include because they still Fighting about the name, dropping their CFS. Mm. We had to include both. Okay. Uh, because some people wouldn't know what the ME is, some wouldn't know what the CFS is. So mm. we catered for both the ME space CFS Foundation South Africa. So you, you find this doctor and you go through the series of questions. Yes. Um, typically, what are some of the questions that you get asked? Okay. The first section that you need to comply with, you must have post-exertional neuroimmune exhaustion, and the abbreviation is PENA, P-E-N-E. I'll describe what that is. You're going to have to, like, slow your roll on this one. (laughs) Because, Because I think, like when we started the show, I mean, even for myself, I feel, often feel completely depleted. Yes. At the end of the day, um, sometimes at the beginning of the day. <laughs> yes. And, and so what we don't recognize is mm. in, in ourselves and, and in some, some of the symptoms, is this a spectrum mm. where some of it can be very mild, but you yes. must pay attention to it. Yes. And then there are people who suffer quite tremendously from yes. it. Very and what is, so. what are some of the things that you must take into account that says, you know, this level of tiredness is yes. something that you must worry See? about. This level of yes. sensitivity is something you must worry yeah, this about. This is malignant or this is just something you can mm. push through. It's a very important question and the thing is, because it has a spectrum of severity, there are people who have ME but they don't even know it because they feel a little bit tired and they recuperate and they go on with their life. And then you have people that are so ill with ME that they need to be fed with tubes and they are bed bound and because the the, the um, nervous system is so affected, they cannot bear any loud noises, so they have to wear earphones. They can't bear any bright lights because the eyes are so sensitive, so they have to wear dark glasses or be in a dark room. Um, people are in, extremely weak. So, you know, it can go from feeling a bit ill, recover, there we go, versus completely bed-bound, house-bound um, in a... Not a, it's not a vegetative state, but you don't have the energy to even feed yourself. Um, so it, it varies like that, but a very important thing that they've found is this post-exertional neuro, um, ex- immune exhaustion. And, and that is something that unless you've 
experienced it, it's difficult to relate to. And it's also a very important what distinguishing factor. What does it mean, post-neuro... Post-exertional... Post-exertional neuro... Neuroimmune yes. exhaustion. So a way to describe it is if a healthy person that does not have ME... Um, if you are very unfit and you go for a run, you're going to feel a bit tired, but you're going to recover. And then tomorrow you might go for a run again and, you know, you might feel a little bit ill, like tired, but you recover. And then the next day and it gets easier and easier and easier and easier and you don't have any other symptoms. You just feel tired because you used a lot of energy and your muscles are exhausted. Um, but with this post-exertional neuroimmune exhaustion is it doesn't have to be as bad as running. It could be just having something happen to you, having to react quickly in a situation or having walk to run or walk up the yes. stairs or get out of bed for some people who have really bad ME. And then not necessarily an hour later or the next moment or a day later, sometimes two or three days later, you start experiencing flu or cold-like symptoms so you know your body is reacting to a threat that's not there you're having an immune reaction to something that's not there and your brain is physically i don't want to say useless but you you uh, a good way of, of describing it is usually if you go running afterwards you're a bit more clearer in the head you know you the, the creative juices are flowing and you, you've got clarity of thought but with me after having exerted yourself in any way, it's like your brain is just muddled. Um, it's just all you can't think clearly. Some people can't even speak. And it, you, your body has a completely disproportionate reaction to what really happened. And that is a very important um, part of it is that, that after you exert yourself in whichever level or however bad you have it, afterwards you have an inappropriate neurological response and an inappropriate immune response. Um, which, which is, uh, I don't want to say characteristic because there are some people who the exhaustion is so small that I don't even realize it. Mm. Um, but if you've got bad ME, that is definitely a, a, a symptom that you'll know all about. We're talking about, uh, you have to say it again because, um, <laughs> okay, should I, I, I break tried, it down? Yeah, because okay. I, I got the encephalitis part, right? Because yes. I think everyone knows about it and, yes. and what that is. But I, 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 as I then try, and this is my worst thing, is trying all of these tongue twister <laughs> health terms, and yeah. I, I often have doctors here, and why, I don't know how to. Why say do these they do words. it? Why don't they just call it stuffy head syndrome instead of like sinusitis? <laughs> and it sucks. And it sucks. It really yes. sucks that that the chronic fatigue syndrome it's is so getting such bad, such a bad rep. Yes, because I think when you have when you have a word that's so quickly used, it's like stress for a very, very yes. long time. Mm. Stress and what stress is about and anxiety, anxiety yes. were such like big things. But because mm. they're part of everyday language, we no longer kind of stigmatize yes. people who suffer from, from that, from yes. any kind of stress related illness or any kind of anxieties. Mm. The, the, you know, the stigma is far less. Depression also. A lot of work has been done in that regard as well. Yeah, yes. yes. So and you're just sad, exactly. Right? And yes. because the the words are words that we can easily use. They're yes. words that we can easily relate yes. to. So I'm actually a little bit like it sucks that it gets such a bad rap. But yeah. we're talking about 
chronic fatigue syndrome and myalgic encephalomyelitis. Pardon me. So if I can just quickly break it down, the myalgic is the mm-hmm. muscle pain. Mm-hmm. Let's break it down. Let's take a break, okay, and then when cool. we get back, we're going to break down what Hundreds. the word is, and we're also yeah. going to talk a little bit about some of the symptoms that you know mm. that you could be feeling. Yes. And and what to do about it, where to go yes. to seek help, and yes. what you can do to help other people that are suffering from it. Yes. I'm Pumi Mashiko, and we are... Keeping it real on cliffcentral.com <laughs> But this is us, we're keeping it real. Let's play a song, another feel-good song. I think we need feel-good songs today. We need feel-good songs today. <laughs> South African. I carry the hopes and dreams of my country and the generations to come. I know that it's not where I come from, but where I'm going to that really matters. At Sibanye, we believe the future of our country will be defined by our actions today, which is why we are committed to the development of our leaders. Sibanye, we are one. Visit us on sibanyegold.co.za. Welcome back. I'm Pumi Mashekho and you're tuned in to Womanda. We're talking about... <laughs> okay, I'm going to say the one and then you're going to say the, like, the technical I term. Chronic fatigue syndrome. And then you're going to say the my? Myalgic encephalomyelitis. Where do you draw the line between I'm just feeling a little bit tired or I can't cope or... This is actually something that you need to get looked at. You're going to break it down for me, Claire. Okay. You're going to break it down for me. Break it down. Okay. <laughs> so myalgic encephalomyelitis, just to maybe make the word a little bit more or less, less intimidating. So the myalgic refers to the muscle and pain. So my and algic is muscle pain. And then the encephalomyelitis is the inflammation. So in, or encephalo, sorry, brain. Um, no, sorry. Yeah. Why am I getting so confused today? I think I'm like distracted by the whole Trump story. Um, sorry. So encephalomyelitis, the encephalo is the brain and the myelitis is the inflammation of the spinal cord. So myalgic encephalomyelitis is the chronic inflammation of the brain and spinal cord, which cord, which leads to muscle and nerve pain. So those are, you know, the way of breaking down the word, but it's also important that you can't see it. You can't look at someone and be like, ha, ah, their brain and spinal cord is inflamed. So it's not a very good descriptive word. But chronic fatigue syndrome, you know, we, it's more relatable. But it is so detrimental. While we were dancing to the feel-good song, <laughs> we were also just chatting about the fact that it is a syndrome. It's not just one particular thing. It's not like a cold. It's no. a syndrome, which means it's many different types of yes. um Things that you would see that would manifest itself that makes you feel, oh, I've got this, I've got this, I've got this. But actually all of that together is That's what… That's right. M- yes. And some of the things that one can see, I know, Rieta, you were talking about how you, you're very sensitive, you're hypersensitive to smell, yes. to chemicals. Yes. Um, but what are some of the other symptoms that one can go, oh, if I've got these three things or five things, maybe I should look a little deeper into this. Your brain is definitely affected. You struggle processing information. For example, personally, it feels to me that a part of my brain has been erased. There's a lot of information I cannot recall. 
I find it very difficult to learn new information. And I used to have a good memory. Um, slow thinking, struggling to find words. And this varies. Today I'm in a bit of a relapse, so I, I struggle a bit more. I get a lot worse days, and then I get better days. Um, some people get nauseous, dizzy, um, even fits. You know, the worse you get it, um, that can happen. Your, like I've said, your memory, pain is a major thing. Headaches, not just your normal headache. It is chronic, generalized. Mm. And then also nerve pains, muscle pains. At first, I thought I was so stressed that my legs even hurt. It took me a long time to realize it's actually pain. It's not spasms from stress, you know. It's nerve pain. It's, ner- it's a nerve pain. And so I'd just like to add that a lot of this sounds like oh, it's just old people problems. And my mom's not old by any measure. <laughs> but I think I've heard from a lot of people who are getting, well, we're all getting older. But older people saying, yeah, I also have got aches and pains in the mornings and I don't feel that great. It's so important to remember that ME comes or has been found in cases as young as five-year-olds and a lot of these symptoms are a lot more distressing obviously if you're a lot younger because it's a lot more out of the ordinary but there is a very distinct difference between the pain that you might feel from getting older you know a little bit of stiffness in the joints and the more you use it the better you feel versus what you have in ME so it's not getting older and having memory problems and body aches and pains. Yes and it's interesting you know that Four times more women get it than men. I was going to ask yes. because everyone that you have mentioned that yes. you've worked with yes. is a woman. Yes. The girl that's the designer, yes. the teacher in, in yes. Guazulu Natal. Yes. We have some men in our support group, but definitely four times more women. I think for men also, because it's so stigmatized, maybe it's even more difficult for them. A lot more men commit suicide because of ME than women do. Um, so I think a lot of diagnoses go missing with that, um, you know, yeah. th- that men just kind of fall off the radar because it's so frowned upon, which is ridiculous. But So there's still, it's still very new. It's still very, very um, misdiagnosed. Yes. Um, <laughs> the controversy doesn't bother me at all because everything is controversial when yeah. it is new. Yes. But one of the, the reasons why you started your NPO Besides just getting the word out there is yes. really support yes. and linking yes. uh, people with what, what is the kind of support specifically that yes. you guys give and also what can people do to assist you? Yes. Well, from our support group that's growing and growing and then there are other people who say they don't want to be on Facebook. So we also have an online, an offline, uh, support group. Um, We've identified a few people at this stage, at least 10, who really need food. Some of them don't have food. Uh, a lot can't afford treatment. The treatment is expensive because it's supplements. It's not – you also get prescripted medicine, which the medical aids will cover. But a lot of it is high doses of supplements that works on the energy production system in the body. And, for example, our website designer, if she – takes a certain supplement cocktail she can work two three hours a day now that doesn't sound a lot but for her it's a heck of a lot if not she sleeps a life away because that's another symptom of Amy. you have sleep disturbances you can't sleep at night you can't keep awake during the day um, most people with Amy can't sleep without medicines 
And then the other thing is you're sensitive to meds, so it's a very bad cycle. So we want to obviously do the awareness thing across South Africa because that's critical. If people know about it, they they have so much more sympathy with their loved ones or people that realize have it. And then we want to purchase supplements for these people to give them a little bit of quality of life, empower them a little bit so that Natalie can work. She can do websites from home, even from bed. She won't be able to go back to a, f- a, formal, a, a formal work, but she can work from home. Uh, there are people who can make things, you know, knitting or stuff. They just need a little bit of energy if we can give them supplements. But then, like I've said, there are people that need food, that need money. There are people that need assistance to be diagnosed. They do not have the money for the blood tests because there are some exclusion tests that need to be done. Um, so that is the first part of helping people. And for that, we need funds. You know, we're an NPO. We're two women show. I personally have it. We really down financially so I do not have the funds to fund the NPO and because in South Africa we have we up against AIDS because that's a that is seen as an epidemic and it's known and the high level of poverty it's very difficult to bring in almost a new NPO and get help um and the illness does not discriminate against socioeconomic class or race or age, um, it's it's amazing how many young girls get it. We need to help them find a way to study, maybe an online course at their own time. Um, and then also we need to start engaging with the Department of Health. We have started, but they need to be made aware because we need to get the clinics educated one vision we have is to almost like a hospice service. There's a lady in Cape Town. She's very, very ill. She spends 90% of her time in bed. She cannot tolerate any noise, any sound. She cannot listen to the radio, the TV. If her parents speak outside her door, it's as if she's climbed Mount Everest for her. That's the same exertion level for her. Um, she actually needs a full-time carer. So that's the way we would like to help her. And then we want to build or rent or buy premises where we are going to set up ME clinics. It's been done in Australia with success. So we've got very, very big plans. We are applying for public benefit organization status that will open doors for us in the future. Our pro bono lawyers are very confident that we will get the status. Is this an illness that can be cured? They say 10% of people recover from, you know, by themselves. At the moment, there is no cure. You can only manage these symptoms. If you've got the money, you can go to the best of the doctors. They can give you a wonderful plan. You can really improve to a large extent. But as normal human beings who need assistance we cannot afford you know we cannot afford that expensive they are working very hard overseas there's a, like Lauren Octaire has mentioned Professor Davis it is the Open Medicine Foundation they've 
made progress in one year more than they've done the last 30 years. They found that it seems the body goes into hibernation. It's as if something happens, a virus, an infection, it shuts down, but it doesn't restart. Now they need to find out why not Mm -hmm. and what medicine, drug or whatever can help the body to restart. Because if there's no energy, the brain won't work, the gut won't work, all those things. So, yes, we – and I cannot tell you the gratitude of the people we've reached. They all say, I thought I was alone. I thought I was mad. And they live very isolated lives. I mean, I don't go out a lot, and I'm I'm about 40% Able, uh, disabled, yeah, 60% disabled, 40% able, and I can still go out a little bit. I am sitting here thinking about all of the stuff that I've read and our short conversation prior to the show. And even as, as I'm watching you speak and listening to you now, thinking about the level of exertion now. Yes. The level of exertion in this conversation. Yes. What does this mean for the rest of your day? Well, firstly, I'm going to rest again at the back of the car, and I probably will have to spend the majority of the day in bed because it, it just, for me, it is like running a marathon, you know. You use your brain. Because when you arrived here, yes. and then you had your decaf coffee, and I was yes. like, what is this woman having decaf coffee for? She needs caffeine. <laughs> no, man, come on. And unfortunately, we're also sensitive to caffeine. Are you? And alcohol. Are you? Yes. Oh my goodness! You know what the crazy thing is? Is <laughs> sorry that once again to show that it's it's not someone being a bit paranoid. Is I can give my mom a cup of coffee that I know is caffeinated, but she thinks is decaffeinated because I'm a good daughter. And um, when she drinks it, she'll she'll not taste a difference. And then a few minutes later or half an hour later, she'll be like, "That wasn't decaf, was it?" And I'm like, how could you the tell? nervous system. Because most people, you, you don't feel that difference. But because the nervous system is so incredibly sensitive to stimulants or any kind of chemical, a lot of people with ME can't take a lot of medication because, you know, you take a sleeping tablet because you can't sleep and, you know, that's what you do. And um, a lot of people with ME will need to take an eighth of a tablet. Because if they take a whole tablet, it's almost like the OD because their body is so incredibly sensitive to it. So it's just another, you know, so caffeine isn't working. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did. I, I, I wondered what yeah. this woman and her decaf. Yes, yes. And, and, but what I have watched mm. is I've, I've watched the level of, so the animated person you were when you arrived here. Yes. You've become far more subdued. Absolutely, become, yeah. And I specifically went and found songs that were going to keep us like up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I thought, you, yeah. you know, because so my question from that is how does one support a loved one who has ME? So how do that I you believe them? I think mm. I want upbeat songs. Let's like. Keep mm. the energy up, mm. but I I can tell that actually that's not working. My energy is sapping your energy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, unfortunately, and like Claire has just said, biggest gift you can give to somebody with ME is to say I believe you. You know, because there are so many symptoms, up to sixty. If you've got the very severest, up to sixty symptoms, um. At first you think, oh, no, no, I've got another illness, another illness, but it's all part yeah. of the ME. So, yeah, saying you believe them 
and give him time out. My husband is fantastic. It took some time for us to realize what's going on and what I need to do. But when I rest, he'll do the food. He'll organize our youngest. She's now 16 without complaining. So you had a toddler. So you, she, your yes. youngest is 16. Yeah, she was small. <sighs> yeah. And, and that experience as a mother. Yeah. It's difficult even now, you know, she's 16 and then she's got hockey games. I can go and watch when it's at school because it's not far. I can drive for 10 minutes. I can watch, go back, rest again, rest before, rest after. But when it's a bit further than that, I can't go unless Claire goes or my husband goes and I can sleep at the back of the car. And even that rest isn't really sufficient because this noise, there are noises and stuff, so you don't rest your brain. Um, and it's hard on her as well, but the positive side, it's made her a lot more mature. She's a strong, not young woman. Yeah. yeah. She's got insight and tolerance, which I think a lot of kids don't have because she's grown up with it. You know, for me, it was a change. Mm. And, um, but, <laughs> You know, we love our loved ones who suffer from whichever ailments they might have. Um, but it teaches us a lot as much as it teaches them, the mm. one who is suffering, mm. yeah. which is important. The biggest lesson for you, Rieta, mm. in this experience, so you've, you, you lived a, a whole full life yes. before it started. You yes. didn't always have it. No. And now you are living through the experience. Yes. What has been your biggest lesson? You know, it's changed me completely. My focus on life has changed completely. In a way, I'm grateful because I've become a lot less selfish. I really reach out to people and I get immense satisfaction when we reach another patient saying, yeah, I am, please help. The other day I got an email from a 17-year-old wanting to go to grade 12 next year. So that one lesson is um, you can't plan anything. Uh, for me, the biggest change was and the biggest challenge was to accept the fact that I've lost my brain. I was very proud of my brain and my um, intellect, if I can say so. What, yeah, <laughs> what is the word? Debating abilities. But I've realized it's okay, you know, and I've. For many years, I didn't speak about my Emmy because it was so stigmatized. I, I didn't, nobody knew, very few people knew. But like they say, I came out of a closet and, <laughs> I love that. yes, and I really feel I'm making a difference. So for me, in a way, yes, it's, it's, it's had a terrible effect on our family, but it, it also brought a lot of good. It brought us a lot closer and made us a stronger family unit. I mean, we've yeah. got a lot of tolerance and acceptance and, if I might just chip in uh, uh, an important lesson to learn, and it kind of links into a question that you asked earlier of when should you seek help or when do you know something's wrong? And it's to me, it's listening to your body. You know when something is wrong. It doesn't matter what anyone else says, even if it's a doctor that doesn't know what they're talking about and they're saying it's just this or it's just that. If you in your gut feel like, I know it is not this. I'm not depressed. I am exercising. I'm doing whatever it is that they're telling me I'm not doing. Um, you will know. So if you've got a gut feeling or you know of someone who has a gut feeling that something isn't quite right, we urge them to get into contact with us because, yes, it might be 
something completely different. It might be nothing, but it you'd much rather know that it's for it sure that it's nothing. it might be a digestive nothing. issue. And, I, you know, you might um, – someone once said that they can – Fix Emmy with diet, you know, so they just put you on this little special diet and then you're healed. And um, I'm sure in their practice of this, they found a few people who felt a hell of a lot better. But the thing is, their Emmy was not that bad to begin with. And second of all, their Emmy... Uh, was maybe just worsened by the fact that they did have a digestive issue. So if mm. you're lactose intolerant and you have ME and you're continuously taking in lactose and you're just doing what you want. Um, eating cake with cream. Yeah, eating cake with cream and having condensed milk or whatever the case may be. If, if that is what you do and you stop doing that, you are going to feel better. But it's not going to heal you. It's not going to make you feel 100% better. It's just going to take off one layer of the issue that you're facing. Mm. So how do people get in contact with you? Okay. We would urge also medical practitioners to contact us as well. It's such a mission to get somebody who can diagnose these patients. Um, even if you don't have the necessary expertise at the moment, we have so much information we can give doctors. I have doctors that I send information to. We found a wonderful psychiatrist because there are people who have depression as well. And it's amazing the way he's taken the new information and applied it. Um, our website is www.me, which stands for ME, cfssa.org. And then the email is info at org. And then our foundation's Facebook page. We're much more active on there. It's the... MECFS Foundation page And then via that If you want to be part of our Support group You can send an email Because it's a closed group Because what you say there stays there mm. um, Confidential patient information You know yeah. that they're sharing with one another That you don't yeah. want the world to necessarily know Yes, yes So that's how you get hold of Rietta. Thank you very much for, for taking the, the time, taking the time to come all of the way here. You, know, you come from, from good old Krugi. <laughs> from Krugersdorp. <laughs> thank, thank you very much for coming through and thank you for sharing your experience. Thank you for sharing your experience because for me, the one thing about, about Wumanda and what we're, we're doing here is we're sharing our experiences as women to empower each other. To give each other the knowledge. So if you know someone, if you feel something in yourself, if you've got a child and you think mm, maybe something's not right, yes. there is help out there. And there's always somebody, there's always somebody having a similar experience, if not the same experience. And there's definitely lots of help and love. You're so thank you alone. very much, Claire. Thank you very much, Rieta, for coming through. I'm thank, you, thank you, Pumi. Thank you to you. And hey. you've been tuned into Wumandla. My last song, even though I'm not excited and I'm not happy, I'm hoping that this song will at We're least sorry. lift me up of my, <laughs> lift me out of my depression. I'm so sad. I'm very sad and disappointed in America. Cliffcentral.com.